I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. We have a repeat guest because we always like to stay updated with what our guests have been up to. How have they developed? How have being on Dateable changed their lives? Because, you know, we are life-changing here. <laughs> hey, it's clearly all on. That's not a joke. joke. <laughs> That's not a joke, Josh. Fine, whatever. You hear his, uh, his little giggle. That's Josh. Josh Rasmussen. He's been on our show before. He was on season three, episode six, in an episode called Dating the CEO of the Startup. He is 33 years old now, originally from Nebraska, currently living in LA. He's been there for nine months, which we did not know till uh, some of these Facebook pictures popped up. Julie and I texted each other and we said, 
Josh moved to LA? <laughs> when did this happen? So congrats on the move. But what's even more wonderful about this catch-up session is that Josh has some news for us. He is now engaged. And that's partly why he moved to LA, or at least I'm assuming. I'm just putting words in your mouth. But before we get to that, I think it's important to recap Josh's episode. In that episode called Dating the CEO or Dating the Founder, basically, which is what the episode is about, Josh told us that he had no time to date. He said he is married to his company, which is Monday Motorbikes, and they're killing it right now. We saw him speak at South by Southwest very recently. So you know, Josh made it very clear. I'm not in a state to date. I'm married to my company. My -hmm. kids are my staff. I live and breathe my company and I am there all the time. And there's just no place in my life for a girlfriend right now. And what was so surprising to both Julie and I after this episode aired was how many women reached out to Josh (laughs) to try to change his mind. Go for it. (laughs) Like, such a typical story of finding a project and trying to make it better. I don't know if you have a total headcount, Josh, but I would say it's in the double digits of how many women reached out to you to say, uh, I can change your mind, you know, maybe just haven't met the right person. Do you have a headcount? I'm just so curious how many people reach out to you. Um, not off the top of my head. I, I don't think I'm that <laughs> egotistical. <laughs> yeah. Let me check my journal. You've been marked um, on your wall. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I will say is I was surprised by the number of people, but also encouraged, right? Um, it, when we talked, we talked about that um, it's really tough because I can't be out there all the time trying to play the dating game. It's not something I have time to do. But if something comes across like that seems appealing, then absolutely, there's no reason why I wouldn't do it. But they also have to understand that it's like dating someone with, with children, right? It was amazing to me that you know we had some conversations with a number of people that I can think of off the top of my head. And I just said, hey, listen, I'm flattered. I appreciate it. I feel they took it pretty well. And I would say that if they're listening, then like, kudos to you. Like, it was amazing to be able to like take the guts and be like, hey, I'll put myself out there, at least in San Francisco. We'll see how it goes in LA. Most of the time, people aren't like putting it out in the center if you're the female. Yeah. yeah. It's mostly yeah, the guys doing the pursuing. It was really, really interesting and kind of a breath of fair share. You were definitely the most reached out to guest, I think, that we've heard of. But I guess we also yeah. heard this off the record. A lot of the people went <laughs> to you, not That's even true. through us. So. But, but Josh, <laughs> let me just get something clear here, okay? <laughs> I, I commend you for being very diplomatic in your response to this. But come on, ladies. We've had so many single eligible men on the show who said, I am ready to date, I'm ready to settle down, I'm ready to start a family, who've gotten maybe zero people reaching out to them. So yes, I think it's great that people can have the guts and courage to reach out to someone that they feel like they connected with from hearing what they had to say. But also at the same time, we got to really listen to what people are saying. Right. (laughs) The whole point of the show was that you're not ready. Right. If, If the story is, I am not ready... I don't want a girlfriend right now. Maybe we should listen to that and find someone who is ready. But obviously things have changed. Yes. hear about that. (laughs) You are now engaged. You went from I am married to my company to now I'm still married to my company, but I'm engaged to a human being. Also getting married to a person. Yeah. Also getting married to a person, you're in a polyamorous relationship now. So how did you and your fiance meet? Just um, a polyamorous with your bikes. Yeah, right. Yeah, dude. Bikes and a human. Before the rumors start. Yeah, let's cut that from the show. I'm just kidding. Um, I guess from a high level, I got I got introduced to 
my fiance through a former employee of mine uh, who was dating one of her college classmates. She was in recruiting. They said, Hey, listen, there's someone who has a really good network out there. Josh is a good guy to meet. You guys should connect. And she reached out. Her name's Victoria. She's awesome. She reached out like three times. Every time, by the time I was able to respond, she would be like, I'm leaving town again because she lives in LA. It was kind of this like game where she would like come in town and then I'd finally be able to get to having available time and said like, okay, let's get together now. Because I thought it was more going to be a hardcore recruiting pitch, which we get all the time. <laughs> but because she was friends with a person that we knew in common, it made the connection a little easier. So we got together and uh, met at a Starbucks, had a really fun meeting. We talked about networking and recruiting and what, what we need and, and uh, as a company. She brought her phone out. She's trying to show me where she's heading to next. She's trying to fiddle with her maps and she's like, this dang phone. And I'm like, you know, what's wrong? You know, this maps, like you should be used to this. And she goes, I just got this the other day and I just don't know how to use it. And I was like, well, what were you using before? And she says a flip phone. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> okay. Are you dating and are you engaged with an 80 year old woman? I, yes. Yes. <laughs> that's where people miss the point of your show. You're actually really <laughs> older women. So <clears throat> I'm like, oh my gosh. So like I bring my chair over next to her. I'm like, okay, this is the app store and you can download an app here. And these are, you can pull up your calculator or like use a flashlight and da 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 da. And then she just starts laughing. <laughs> She's like, dude, I'm just fucking with you. I've had this iPhone for like years and oh. everybody at Starbucks like there's like four dudes who think she's the hottest girl ever and they're just sitting there just laughing at me for getting roasted in the middle of Starbucks uh. and I thought the only thing that they roasted was coffee turns out that I also get roasted so that showed me that she had a really good sense of humor did you go into this thinking that it was business or did you have any intention for it to be romantic also 100% business. Attractive people come every day. I think like looks is one thing, but it was really the personality and the laid back personality as well, I guess, that really was like, huh, this is nice. We, she's reached out for months and we finally got together. It's not like she's like, we need to get together now or else you're going to miss out on this great opportunity. It was like, you know, whatever. I, I guess we'll, we missed you. We'll see you next time. So there is a difference between a fleeting connection and finding someone who has potential for longevity. At what point did you think, hey, this could be something beyond just flirtation? Yeah, or how did it even go from business to personal? I think Julie's on point here. Let's start with how to go from business to personal. And then it went from business to personal. Vicky came over with one of her coworkers to go tour the office. We said we'd get them on some bikes and go for a rip. It was going to be awesome. And they came over and they went for a ride, introduced them to some of the team. They said, hey, let's go get dinner. And I said, oh, we, we can't. I've got some actual office cleanup and organization to do. And um, they're like, what do you need to have done? And I was like, I have to do all this stuff. It's going to take me like two and a half hours. And they said, hey, if we help you, will you come to dinner with us? And wow. I'm calculating time in my head, right? I think in the first podcast, we talked about like the fact that your your time is limited and that if somebody can give you your time back, it's beneficial. They they did that. And we then we went out to dinner and I went to go pay for the check. And they're like, it's already taken care of. And that level of independence uh, was another thing that was just really refreshing. And it was like, there's the level of independence and there's the level of proactivity. And then the personality that was on the first day we met that really combined to say like, this is interesting. I want to know more. Sure enough, like as we started talking, right, she lived in LA. I lived in San Francisco. As time went on, we, we would find times to, you know, text or call. It was just a fun time. There was nothing like very stressful about it. And one of the things we did 
that I thought was pretty interesting. And I didn't think it was too interesting until people were like, there's no way I do that. Uh, she was like, hey, listen, I live in LA. You live in San Francisco. So like this long distance thing is tough. I just don't know if you really want to go through with this process and like get to know each other and get in deeper. We have an argument as to whose idea this was. I, Since I'm speaking in the podcast, it's, it was my idea. <laughs> um, I just said, listen, tell me the 10 biggest secrets that almost nobody knows in your life, right? Give me the good, the bad, and ugly. Tell me the 10 worst things about you. Let's start there. A couple days later, she sent me a text and gave me the the top 10 list of things that that may turn you away from a relationship. The goal was, you know, that we had talked about was, if these aren't things we can't get over, then so be it. At least we still like each other as people, but we won't get into a deep relationship and find out something later, which I think in a lot of relationships, people tend to do. Like people put on this really big show at the beginning and then they're like, oh, and by the way, I have five kids, you know? Who have you been dating? I'm so curious. (laughs) Anyway, it's just... How long was this into when you guys first met that you were having this conversation? It was probably a couple weeks in. We moved quick because I feel that a couple weeks in and still sharing those, you know, information is is tough. I mean, it's almost easier to share information with someone that you don't really know on a plane. Right. Right. When did this turn non-platonic? It's a really hard question. I don't know. When did you guys kiss? We kissed probably about a month and a half into the relationship, maybe a month into the relationship. Into the relationship or into knowing each other? Into knowing each other, sorry. Got it. Okay, so as soon as you guys kissed, you knew that this was no longer just about business. Obviously, for you to jump into something romantic, it has to be very well thought out, especially considering how little time you have. So what changed in this time in your life that made you open to a possible romantic relationship? I don't really know if anything changed necessarily, just that the ingredients were there, right? It was a long distance relationship, which meant that I didn't have to go see somebody every single day or every single week. Purely phones or purely texts and that when time came and I was going to LA or she was coming to San Francisco, we could meet and be with each other. And I think that level created uh, or that level of interaction created comfort in that there wasn't a there wasn't something that really made me feel guilty in the inability to go like spend time with someone that I want to get into a romantic relationship with because they we we're so far apart. And instead focused on emotional and social aspects of, of how we interact. I think our communication had, is like a very, very strong foundation of our relationship. So when you're long distance, and we've heard this from other long distance couples too, your time apart is actually very productive because you get all your work done and your work apart. So when you do come together, it becomes quality time and you're intentional and you're present. So it sounds like this is what really worked out for you kind of by accident, but it's a nice kind of transition into a relationship. It was an amazing transition. Yeah, I'm getting engaged, but yeah, you're, you're hitting me on the head. <laughs> so I guess like though, when she came to town or you went to LA, like I guess what motivated you? Because I know the last conversation we had, there was so much around just being tight for time and making the time for people. Like what was it that made you want to put in that effort with her? It's that she made it easy. I think it's probably the easiest way to say it. Like, mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of people in relationships that have a tremendous amount of needs or a, a tremendous amount of dependence. And that's not something that I'm excited about. I don't think anybody's really excited. I mean, maybe some people are. Hey, yeah, listen, if I don't answer your text, text me 12 more times. Like, no, I, there's very few people on the planet that are like that. 
And I feel that the level of dependence that was there made made the comfort level much higher. Made it easy to be like, hey, let's let's engage. Oh, by the way, like a, a call is coming in. I have to go. Right. And you know, there's times where you'd try to date somebody and you were in that type of situation where you're like, hey, a call's coming in, I have to take it, I gotta go. And the next thing you know, you get like a snarky text mm-hmm. message like. I'm still trying to figure out the the button that was pushed because I think some of the women who may have reached out to you after the show could also argue, hey, I lived in LA. I offered you a my couch if you were ever in LA. We could have done a long distance relationship. What was it about this one where you felt like you were ready to dive into it? Well, I don't think that we didn't enter into that like with the goal of dating. That wasn't the goal. And so that created a level of comfort immediately. And then all those things we talked about from the personality productivity side compounded this level of attraction. And then just having straightforward conversation with saying like, hey, this is what's the what are the worst things about you? Help me understand those things was another piece. And I think the final piece was that our personalities really jived. Uh, and and because we had that distance and we had the opportunities in a semi-business sense, we were able to get to know each other without any um, ulterior motives, right? Just something that we're just two people getting to know each other. You were in a relationship where you didn't feel like it was daunting or taking you away from your work. Yeah, yeah, and in enabling. So, did anything change with your work during this time? Like, did you get more like comfortable with where you were, or was it the same as when we talked last time? Time for a break so we can talk about Audible Escape. We know you love listening to dating stories on Dateable. And now you can listen to thousands of love stories with Audible Escape, a monthly subscription that provides unlimited listening to thousands of love stories. Lose yourself in the most popular love stories of our times. Are you reading, watching romantic, heartwarming stories already? This will speak to you. I recently started re-listening to Sense and Sensibility, a great classic that reminds you that romance is not dead. With over 18,000 titles to choose from, try Audio Escape now and see where it takes you. Join the community, listen for free for one month, then it's $12.95 a month after that with unlimited listening. Download the app by visiting audible.com escape to get started. Now that's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash escape, E-S-C-A-P-E. Now back to the show. So did anything change with your work during this time? Like, did you get more like comfortable with where you were or was it the same as when we talked last time? In terms of like responsibilities and things of that nature? Or just like, yeah, like I guess stress, responsibilities, just the whole shebang. Because I think at the beginning you were probably, what was it, like a year or two in? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my my stress level was high then. We were actually in the middle of a lawsuit by Yamaha at that time. Like, oh, the stress was so high. And I think that Victoria does a really good job of like Um, Mm de-stressing. When we come together, it's it's such a positive time. And when we eat a meal, it's just like two people and the whole she tells me this all the time. But like, we'll be we'll be hanging around. She's like, stop, you're embarrassing me. And it's like, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to embarrass you by doing something goofy, but you're the only person I see here. No one else exists other than <laughs> other than you. Right? And and that's not that's not changed ever since we've met. And so from a stress level, it's it's lowered. And we obviously haven't talked to you in like two years. Was there anyone? Before, <laughs> well, at least on this We're podcast. You, eh? <laughs> <laughs> at least on this podcast. Not in depth. Julie, I like your Facebook statuses. Maybe an Instagram or two. 
have there been any other people you've dated? Like, were you more actively dating before her or was it really the same as before of not being in the dating scene and then it just happened to be because of her? Like there were attempts to, to date and then there's like flings and stuff. But I think there was like one attempt and this person was just really, really needy. And it was just like, I, I got to go. And the guy shut down and I'll, I'll raise my hand and say that I ghosted. I so ghosted because no. it was like, How yeah. How long were you guys dating? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it that in her eyes maybe, but in mine, it was like just trying to figure it out. I'd give, I'd give it like maybe a month or two with, or part of the reason for the ghosting was that in the relationship, there was already so much like, what are you doing? Why are you not responding? Who are you talking to? Why do you have to not take this call? And I was like, I'm not going to answer these questions. And I knew that once it was like, this isn't going to work. Um, and this person was long distance too, by the way, that it'd be like, why? Tell me more. Like, it's like, I don't need this level of stress in my life. You live in a different city, like jump in the pool and see what fish are there. Um, so if you're the girl that Josh ghosted and you like to be a guest on Dateable, please reach out to us. <laughs> if you like an exit interview with Josh, we'd be happy to facilitate. <laughs> Isn't she getting one right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. So sounds like Victoria just like was not needy in the slightest. Like were there times that like she would text you and you wouldn't reply or were you just so into her that that did not happen? With you? No, there's times where I texted and, and didn't reply. You know, a lot. It, sometimes it takes hours. I think that the understanding and trust in, in the relationship is like, if I'm available and I see it, right? Like, then of course I will. And and if not, then I have like six hours to come home, <laughs> and then I can then I can hear it in person. So I, I don't think there's ever been a time where it's been like an elongated process of response from text, including like when I was in China and we weren't engaged, like. I think I did a pretty good job of like texting within like a day or two, given the fact that like everything shut down over there. What were some of the other challenges that you guys faced in terms of work-life balance? Um, I didn't really have a life. I guess the easiest answer is like, I didn't really have a life. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, I, I got a little bit of it back, I guess. I, I just felt less stressed. Nothing really changed within a, a work-life balance. I still work the the same amount of hours and still work really hard. It's just now that I, now I have an extra teammate, you know, instead of having to think about my day or my week, like every week, as an example, we spend an hour or two doing laundry. Well, great. You know, let's call it two hours. Now you can divide that workload by half. Now you double it, but you know, at the same time, like someone else can do that and pick up the slack. So we all have up days and down days. And I think she did, a, she's done a really good job of, or does a really good job of making a house a home and, and making you feel comfortable. Interesting though how like you view her as a teammate, but some of these other women you mentioned were almost like a hindrance, right? So it's like this yeah. perspective is so interesting. The way you described dating before was that people were going to take away something from you. Like they're taking away time. They're taking away energy. But the way you describe your relationship with Victoria is that she's adding to your life. She's almost giving you more time and more energy, which is, I guess, what we ultimately want in a right. partner, especially as a founder. It's a very lonely place to be. We hear it all the time. 
But I, I think what I'm curious about, which Julie, I'm really surprised you haven't asked this question. She's all about the oh, timeline. No. She's always like, she's always like, let's just count how many months it's been no, since I, the first I'm kiss. Very curious. She loves timeline. I'm so surprised she hasn't asked yet, but I know it's on her list. Let's do a little timeline. From the time you two decide to pursue a, a relationship with each other to the time when you decide to move to LA and to engagement. Let's just go down that timeline. Yeah. I was going to ask that right there. <laughs> <laughs> I know her so well. <laughs> so we started getting relatively serious into it in a, within a couple months. I moved down to LA after our company got acquired by a private equity managed services team in, in Texas. And with that came a little bit more, let's call it like financial freedom and ah, um, also yeah. the ability for uh, them to say like, hey, what are your biggest challenges? And you know, running a hardware company in San Francisco is like, people say hardware is hard. Like <laughs> running a hardware company in San Francisco is also like hard, specifically for motorcycles. There's a couple companies out in the Bay Area, but they're they're not in the middle of San Francisco, especially with the rental prices. Like, you know, like I, I take my motorcycles in and they'd be like $1,200 to go fix something stupid. We actually decided we would move closer to the port of Long Beach where we get a lot of our components in to build our bikes and, and cut down supply chain requirements and days and cost. And also I could pay someone between 15 and $25 an hour and they're not like, it's not their second job. You know, they can yeah. have that and be okay. It's a livable wage. So it made more sense to move move everything down to SoCal. And at this point, was Victoria a factor because she lived in LA or was this totally independent of Yeah, she was a factor. Absolutely. In my mind, I think there's so many things pointing me to LA, including the San Francisco rent. That yeah. I was like, all right. Go to LA. I think what Maybe you pointed it. out about financial freedom is a really important note on all this too. Huge, because you even said at one point you were sleeping at the office. How are you supposed to bring girls back to the office? And right? the money to date and all of yeah. that too. I mean, at the end of the day, like when you're getting something like this off the ground, you're putting everything into it. I mean, let's put it this yeah. way. Even Elon Musk, when they were doing some of the SpaceX stuff, was sleeping on the factory floor. And, Absolutely. And, and I'm not saying I'm Elon Musk, but the point is like, that's the little <laughs> dedication that goes into some of these endeavors. And, you know, for someone to go through and, and look at that and not, and not judge you, you know, it's, it's a very hard find. I don't know, like not to knock San Francisco, but I'm going to knock San Francisco. Like the, sometimes the dating scene out there is just a little, um, it's a little much. And like, it's, it's a lot about what you do and it's, it can be showy. A lot of people don't see the hard work, excuse me, the hard work and effort that goes into it. I love San Francisco, but I also, I see where you're coming from. But I would, I say there are so many similarities between the tech industry and Hollywood. Yeah. It's the same thing. You think people become famous overnight or they become successful overnight. It's the same thing in San Francisco. So it's kind of like, uh, it's interesting that you found someone in LA who's probably sick of the LA dating scene. <laughs> <laughs> you're sick of the San Francisco. Yeah, no it doubt. Is a Right. So, question back on timeline. 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 Sorry, Julie. I obviously Julie. <laughs> am very interested in this. Can we revert back to timeline you guys met to when you decided to actually make this a relationship? I know you had this conversation of let's put all the worst things out there. Like, how did that even progress? I, I think it's really, it's like this gray zone or not a gray zone. Yeah. More like, yeah, let's call it a gray zone. Because <laughs> I, I don't think anybody 
maybe people do it, but like, hey, are we boyfriend, girlfriend, or will you be my girlfriend? Like, that's not something. It's just kind of tend to like each other. You gravitate towards that. And so within the timeline spectrum, like, let's call it like maybe three to four months that we decide, like after three to four months, we started to really sit down and say like, hey, this is something that we want to pursue. Yeah, and, but then uh, within that three to four months, it went from business to non-platonic. For me, it was like a, a really big attraction thing. You know, I can't, I can't speak on her behalf, but pretty quickly, I mean, it's not like, again, I don't need recruiting services. This is not something that we need. Um, <laughs> did you see her photo before you guys even met? Yeah. Did you know what she looked like beforehand? Uh, before we met in person? Yeah, I did. I mean, after after months of reaching out, it was kind of like, all right, who the heck is this person? So yeah, we, we knew what she looked like or I knew what she looked like. Did that play into meeting her in the first place? No, I think more the the connection of a friend played into right. it. And then back on the timeline. So... <laughs> Moving to LA, how long did that take for you to make that decision? It wasn't based upon the relationship. So it was really based upon a timeline from a business standpoint. So that was nine months ago. In the the spectrum of our relationship, that was after about a year or so. And then to engagement? Um, Within six months after moving here. Okay. So a year that you guys dated long distance, six months in person. Is that correct? Or do I not have that right? That's about right. Julie, you and work then, on timelines. I don't. It's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, she is graphing this right now. In front of my very eyes. She's graphing this. I can't wait. She's going to make this into a diagram for you as a wedding present. So when you moved to LA, did you guys move in together? Uh, yeah, immediately. Oh, immediately. Okay. That's a pretty big step to go from long distance to now living in the same house as with each other. So were there any challenges with that? I mean, it can be a challenge. For anybody, right? Yeah. I think at the end of the day, again, we I, I, put, I work a lot. Um, and so it's like, hey, this person's here, but they're kind of not here. And it was just really nice because instead of moving to LA and trying to find a place and you have to realize as you're moving a company, you're also trying to find the location in which you are going to be operating out of for the rest of like the decade in some cases, right? Because a lot of these leases are like 10-year leases. And so you don't want to go in and be like, hey, here's where I'm going to live. And then all of a sudden, you're trying to base the decision as to where your office location is based upon proximity to where you live. You don't want that to play a factor. And so it really made things a lot easier because we were able to move in or I was able to move in with her. Uh, and a roommate who's also awesome, and take that you know factor that has potential to come into play of like, hey, what's my what's my commute look like? Uh, and instead, be like, I can always move later and like focus solely on business. Again, it was just like this really helped promote the the focus. So when you moved down there with her, like, did you were you thinking marriage at this point? Like, were you thinking she was the one, or when did that realization happen? Well, I think anytime. Maybe this is just a Midwest Nebraska guy in me, but um, <laughs> like I don't I don't enter into relationships and think like, oh boy, this isn't someone I would want to see if I could marry. Like, let's just screw around for three months and waste each other's time. Like, that's not something I want to do. So I I really started thinking heavily about marriage probably three months after I moved here. Okay. Back to our original conversation from the last episode, the first episode that you were on, we talked about prioritizing work and Mm. life. And at that time, you were prioritizing work. And I feel like when you met Victoria, you were still prioritizing work. Obviously, you met her under business circumstances. 
But what advice would you give to people who are trying to achieve what you've currently achieved, which I think is a nice balance of prioritizing both work and your personal life? How did you get there? I mean, it almost feels like you fell into it because you found the right partner, but like, how did you get there? Let's take another break for a deep inhale. What do you smell? I hope you smell anything but your armpits, right? Isn't it time you graduated out of the same deodorant brand you've been using since high school? Check out Native Deodorant, made with simple, clean ingredients that truly deliver. No wonder they've been featured on the Today Show, Good Morning America, and Pop Sugar. I recently switched from the lavender and rose scent to the coconut and vanilla after being inspired by the beach. It smells amazing. If you're not into scented deodorant, they also have unscented as well. I love Native because it doesn't contain any aluminum, which has been linked to some serious health issues. So now's your chance to try. For Dateable listeners only, get 20% off your first purchase by going to nativedeodorant.com and using the code DATEABLE at checkout. Again, that's nativedeodorant.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Now back to the show. How did you get there? I mean, it almost feels like you fell into it because you found the right partner, but like, how did you get there? Well, I think in terms of advice and, and, and also in terms of how we got here, it's like super serendipitous. Because I wasn't looking for a partner, everyone's like, oh, it's when you're not looking is when the person shows up. Like maybe that's <laughs> right. Um, in terms of like work-life balance and what it brings, like it, if you find someone that that makes a situation where one plus one doesn't equal two, instead one plus one equals three or one plus one equals four, then it's a good match, right? And, you know, what that really means is that the combined entities create something greater than itself. And that's really what I found with her you know, not only found out about myself and like learn to prioritize, but also things that I was able to to bring to the table. And for people that are in the same situation, trying to get that work-life balance, like, you know, find someone who's laid back and find someone who's committed to you uh, and your success, just as much as you're committed to them and their success. I was going to ask you, like, what's her work-life balance like? Oh my gosh, she works so hard. I'm, I'm blown away by her work ethic. She works pretty long hours too, where it sounds like she works quite a bit as well. Yep. I remember on your last episode, we <laughs> asked you like, would you date a female founder? And you said no, because nothing would ever happen. Like, both <laughs> That's too busy. true. And it sounds like Victoria put in the effort. How is it different with her versus someone else that potentially works all the time? Well, because as a founder, you kind of, it's like work hard or fail. She's already doing very well. And so it's not like if she pulled back 10 hours a week that it would uh, end in a zero. And so, you know, from that regard, I think that's what is really nice is that we don't have a, a Brady Bunch situation where a founder has their their employees, i.e. their kids, and I have my employees, i.e. my kids, and we bring them all together. And it's like, now there's just so much complication there. Instead, it's like, if she wants to, she can, but she doesn't have to. That to me is like something that I find very valuable in that, you know, she chooses to work hard. Mm. And for a lot of founders, after they do it, they can, they choose to work hard. But at the same time, there's, you know, I'm, I'm speaking from experience here. There's times where you just don't want to, and you just got to push. I feel like you guys just have very similar work ethic, but at the same time, she's not married to a company as much as you are. So it makes it nicer to have that balance on that side. And, you know, everyone wants to know, is it timing or is it the person? Yeah. It's a million dollar question. And we keep discussing this on the podcast. I'm sure Victoria's amazing. She sounds amazing. <laughs> 
amazing. But a lot of this has to do with timing as well. Right. She came in at the right time where you were just starting to become a normal person <laughs> in your day-to-day -day work, where things were coming together, things were coming into place, all the stars were aligning. And also this move down to LA just couldn't have been at a better right. time. It has to be a combination of both. I think it's because of what was happening at work, the timing with that was able to open you up to a potential relationship. Yeah, I guess hypothetically, what, I know it's so hard to say in <laughs> retrospect, but like where you were when you first talked to us amidst this lawsuit, do you think you would have had the attention to give? Um, I mean, probably not, which is why it took months to actually sit down in the first place. <laughs> So that's part number one. If I want to look at person or timing, in in my opinion, right, and, and I think it's all unique, right? Within that spectrum, like timing and the person is very, very important and plays a role. It, you know, I, I think it's hard to say like one is more important than the other. Like uh, let's say that you're a founder and you're dating somebody and all of a sudden you make a billion dollars and you can do whatever you want and this person's super excited and they get to quit their job, you know, and you're like, man, it's so great, right? But it may not be the right person, you know, but now money makes life a lot easier. And I think in terms of like our relationship, there was still things that I was raised with in terms of like looking beyond the person. So uh, looking at the family, my family's ability to say like, hey, we, we accept this person. We believe this is going to be a good person for you is very important to me. So, you know, regardless of, you know, financial situations or timing situations, if those didn't play a factor, you know, the third party, if that came back as a negative, I'd have to really rethink that. I think that that system is lost on a lot of people nowadays, but it was very helpful for my side. Just really reinforced everything I feel. I love this. Let's do some takeaways because again, this is one of the most discussed topics in what we've heard. And I I have so many takeaways yeah. for people who are struggling with this idea of timing <laughs> and is it the person and also this work-life balance thing. One of them is, I personally think there's so much to be said about the context of how you meet someone. Mm -hmm. And I think this is why some people struggle with online dating or dating related events or whatnot, because it puts so much pressure on both people. It's basically putting two strangers in a room and saying, you're going to develop feelings for each other, right? right? Are you feeling it yet? Are you feeling these feelings yet? And that's just not how human nature works. So I love this idea of like organic relationships that start out as friendship or even for you guys, there was a baseline friendship there and a baseline respect for each other. And that's why I encourage everyone not don't get off the dating apps, but there are other ways to meet people. You don't always have to go into a situation with the lens of, is there anybody here that's dateable? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't have to be that as a, your intention. The intention is I'm here to look for other people who are cool, that I respect, that I don't mind spending more time with. And you may not have a connection or attraction, but that could always develop over time. I also liked what you did with each other, which is a top 10 secrets mm -hmm. uh, that you wouldn't, they may be deal breakers or whatever it may be. I want to try this out. This is actually yeah, a really especially good Especially when you don't have time, just get to the bottom of get it. Get to the bottom <laughs> of it. Because like you said, maybe couples could be dating for years or married for years before they uncover some of these dark past yeah. secrets, or even they may not even be 
dark, but at least it, it brings another level of dimension to this person you are in some sort of relationship with. And I like that just getting it out there. And it also helps to promote some sort of conversation between two people to discuss like what I think may be really bad. You may not think is that bad right. either. So it's a kind of an interesting discussion. So I really appreciate that. But ultimately, I just think we put so much expectations on relationships. And sometimes those expectations drive the other person away. Yeah. And I've been doing uh, a lot of thought work where, you know, there's this school of thought where we feel like once we have feelings for someone, we expect them to reciprocate, which is not the case. Your feelings for someone are absolutely exclusive of how they feel about yeah. you, right? So if I feel so much love for Julie, it doesn't mean I can expect her to <laughs> love me back. But I do. But yeah, otherwise, <laughs> I, I, will, I will create that timeline of when Julie stopped loving me. <laughs> but it's that expectations of even when we're dating, we're, we're in relationships, our feelings towards someone else are independent of their actions back. So why don't we just go into these relationships or friendships without that expectation of some sort of behavior change in the person you're with and just like someone purely because you like them, not because you expect something reciprocated back. Yeah. I think the thing that stuck out to me the most on this is like really finding someone that adds to your life and looking at relationships that way. So I know like so many times it can be like, I don't want to enter a relationship because I don't have the time to give. But I think all of your points around you just like the feelings you had when you were with her and like how much additive you were getting from this is like so important to think about. And I think especially our generation that is juggling career and all these other things, a lot of times you're not thinking about what the benefits of a relationship are, but the right relationship will give you those benefits. So I think that was really important. My other takeaway is when a founder commits, he commits. (laughs) (laughs) I think like you made a comment like, I wouldn't enter a relationship unless I knew it was going to, or like I felt like it was going to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times like we look at people and we're like, why won't they just commit? I don't know, personally too, I'd rather someone that like is all in when they actually do commit. And maybe it takes them a little longer to get there, but when they actually are there like you know you were like with them it's not just like kind of that loose like I'll commit to you until something better comes along yeah mm-hmm. yeah also you just so can't do, force I'm gonna, anything I'm gonna, take, I'm gonna do oh, yeah, yeah you do so, one Josh so within the within the auspice of the top 10 things that may break up a relationship or that someone's gonna find out later by doing that this allows you the ability to go ahead and talk about the things that stress you like hey remember I told you about that one thing yeah okay hey it's becoming worse got it right like I don't have this, but like, hey, I've got an overbearing parent. Oh, well, you know, why are you stressed? You know, oh, it's the overbearing parent. A lot of times in relationships, you find that someone's stressed, but they also, in releasing that stress and helping explain or communicate to you what the problem is, it, they also have to go backtrack about what the what the core issue is. Like, hey, I've got a I got a crazy family, and by the way, here's what's stressing me out. It really makes things so much easier because these are big stress factors that have potential that people don't want to talk about. But by having them out there in the open. It makes it so much easier for you to move forward. Yeah, definitely. It's very freeing. It leads to marriage. That's all I can say. (laughs) Okay, we're going to do a very quick question of the day.
This one comes from Molly. She says, I met this incredible guy, but he told me right now that he is too busy with work to really commit. And his number one priority is the startup. Hmm. Sounds familiar. We really <laughs> vibe <work>. and <laughs> we really vibe and have fun when we are actually together, but it often feels like I am low priority. Should I wait for him to come around or look for someone who wants to make a relationship his number one priority? Take it away, Josh. That's such a binary, it's binary. Right. And I think it leads to loss. Clearly you like this person. What if you were able to just ask them how you can help? If that person turns away the help and says like, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm good. Right. Even with a small task, like I don't, I don't need the help. Then clearly they don't really want to engage in that deeper level, I think. Um, And so I would, I would use that as the litmus test as to like, Hey, how committed is this person? It's a potential trap to think that those are your only two options because there definitely are more. Being helpful and supportive and asking that person how you can be helpful and supportive is an absolute winner in terms of being able to understand what they're doing. Hey, how can I help? Oh, you can. It's just work. You're going to have to sit back on the on the sideline and, and like do nothing. I don't want to engage you in my life any further. This is enough. Great. You know, now you have your answer. Yeah, I think what you said is so dead on is like, even if it's like, I'm going to just keep exploring this, but also be open to dating other people too. Like it doesn't have to be an either or. Mm -hmm. However, playing devil's advocate to that is I think sometimes it is hard to separate if you have that intensive feelings for someone. So I'm wondering if this is coming from that side more, like if I don't let this person go, will I ever be able to move on? Mm. So I think ultimately we can't answer that for you. That's probably a personal way how you deal with things but I like thinking about what Josh just said is like is it actually hurting you to keep this person in your life in some capacity and find other ways to engage with them and if it is then maybe it does need to be more black or white and if it doesn't then you could keep it a little bit more gray yeah I think it goes back to expectations right here Molly says he's too busy with work to really commit and his number one priority is his startup Uh, that's pretty honest right there. So are you expecting to be in a relationship with him? And if you are, you're obviously expecting certain behaviors from him that he already told you that he's not ready to commit to. So one, it's expectations. I will look at that. And two is for some reason, when we enter into some sort of adversity in relationships, we think about there's someone better out there for me. There's someone who can fulfill all my needs. Well, that's not the case. So instead of saying I need an out or what's my exit plan, what is it that's really trapping you in your thoughts? And the one phrase I keep seeing in Molly's statement is that she feels low priority. Our brains are very unfair in the way it presents information to us. Once you believe a certain thought, you keep seeing the same thing. So when you think you're low priority to someone, Mm -hmm. you keep seeing actions from that person that are evidence for what you perceive to be the truth. In actuality, if your brain is just feeding you what you want to hear. Your brain is your own echo chamber. So I would look inside the relationship and tell your partner, I feel low priority this is why and figure it out with your partner if they actually are treating you as low priority or not. So I I still think everything is internal. It has to be like inside the relationship first before you think about what's my exit strategy here. That's when it gets toxic. And and why (laughs) why would she come forward and be like, hey, I feel low priority. Like clearly a startup is the number one priority. You You have so many investors and employees and customers who are depending on this person. Maybe you also have to look through their lens. That may be a good piece of advice is just 
look at the world through their eyes for a moment and understand that there could be, you know, in our case, tens of thousands of people who are counting on us to do our things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if this person is a startup, like you could be really high on the priority list. Uh, you may mm-hmm. not feel that way, but if you don't understand or you can't see it through their lens, then ask them. Um, mm. That may give you some sort of, to be cliche, but like paradigm shift in saying like, holy cow, I'm really high priority. Mm. Um, and so I, that's, that's my piece of advice there. That's a good point. That's I think really also point. too, I think a lot of times women or anyone, I don't want to say just women, but anyone in a romantic relationship wants to be a priority to their partner. But if there's a time that you've had someone solely focus on you and that's all they do and they don't have anything else going on in their lives, most times... Oh, such a turn off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Most of the times you get such. quickly bored of that relationship. Yeah. So while, you're, while Molly might be feeling it in this instant, I would guess would recommend also looking back into past situations where you were the number one and only priority and mm-hmm. did that actually make you happy instead of just now right. the grass is always greener when you're not in that situation either yeah yeah can i, can I add one more thing at the, yes. at the expense of being verbose um <laughs> molly i'd ask you to figure out what your partner's love language is mm. like understand what that is like is it you know acts of selflessness is it gifts gift giving gift receiving like what is the what are those uh love languages that you guys speak and help him understand the love language that you speak uh, for anybody that's listening, really, but if you can understand the love language of your partner, then and they understand yours, it's very apparent and easy for the, for you to figure out if you are high on their priority list. That's a really good point because I think quality of time isn't everyone's love language, mm. and especially with startup founders, time isn't always available. So I think that's a really good point that someone could be giving to you in other ways that aren't necessarily what you perceive effective. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, very good point. Ah, it's like so wants, complicated. It's like someone who wants who wants quality time, but someone keeps giving them gifts, and they're like, "I don't want gifts. I just want to hang right. out." Right? Yeah. Right. Oh, we're just complicated human beings, right? We're just trying to figure <laughs> each other out, and nobody has to figure it out. So that's we can rest assured in that. So, what is our advice? Have her have a conversation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Communicate, yeah. but also just don't think about things as personal. I think Josh, mm-hmm. you've said this in the previous episode. If I'm not texting you back within like a few hours, it's not personal. It's really because I am running from meeting to meeting and I don't have time to text back. Sometimes we feel like people do things on purpose to us to hurt us. That's not necessarily the case. So maybe the way Bali can approach her partner is I I see that you've been really busy. I see the delay in your text, text messages. How can I help? How can I alleviate this stress versus you're doing this to me and I'm not getting what I want? Well, it sounds like that was a clear reason why Victoria ended up being the one for you is that she (laughs) went into that opposed to the women that were right really pushing away. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for uh, connecting the dots for us. We've been wondering how this situation turned for you from bachelor startup founder now to engaged startup founder (laughs) living in LA. And it's really an incredible journey. And thank you for sharing your story with us, Josh. Well, I'm glad to share it and uh, wishing you guys all the best. And for anybody listening, you know, happy dating and uh, happy marriage. (laughs) Happy dating, happy marriage, happy wife, happy life. 
life. <laughs> Don't forget that. For all of our listeners at home, we love to hear from you. Even if it's a topic that's similar to this, even if you're the girl that Josh ghosted. No, I'm serious about that. If you're the girl that Josh ghosted, <laughs> I do want to hear from you. Hey, we're just trying to make this world a better place. And I think yeah. she has some, you know, things that she should learn and, and uh, hear from you. And maybe she has some words for you as well. So let's not take things personally. We're just trying to learn from each other. Yeah. It's like crowdsourced advice. And I love these, like, what changed for you personally? What was yeah. that moment? Not even necessarily a clear defining moment, as we found out here. It could be no. a series of many things. Uh, like Julie told me this last year. She's like, at the end of the year, you want to chart your whole year and see what has changed. I just love those timelines. <laughs> she does love timelines. <laughs> uh, that's going to get the story arc correct, right? <laughs> it's good to map out your life, especially year by year, just to see what changes. Because sometimes you don't, you're not even aware of some yes. of the timing changes or personality changes, mindset changes. It's just good to map it out to learn more about yourself. Totally. Okay. On that note, we're going to wrap this up. Stay Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Datable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag Stay Datable and trust us, we look at all those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.